We got two more things we have to get to before we talk about the softball game this weekend for the last 10 minutes. We're going to get to the Kyle Brandt rant and the reaction to that in a sec. But first, over the weekend, I, I was trying to think about the whole Kate York situation, trying to digest it, look at it from all angles. And something I wasn't positive about when I was looking at this, and I'm curious how you guys feel. No, I'm not asking what should the Browns do, what do you want the Browns to do, what you think they will do. I want you to go into Kevin Stefanski's mind, put on your head coaching hat for a second. If you were the head coach of the Cleveland Browns in this situation, knowing your kicker could cost you games, can win you games, can lose you games, so many games come down to three points in the NFL, and you have a guy who you may not personally trust, the teammates, his guys in the locker room may not personally trust, we don't know that, I'm just speculating. How do you handle putting Cade York's feelings and potential lack of confidence and, and not bringing in competition above, on par, in the same realm with the other 52 guys on the roster? How would you handle the situation they're currently in if you were Kevin Stefanski? Earl, go ahead. Get us started here. For me, I would definitely bring in kicking competition. You all hear me say all the time, iron sharpens iron as one person betters another. And I just don't believe that you can become better at your job, no matter what your job is, without competition, without somebody pushing you. So to me, the fact that he has struggled um, and they still opt to not bring in kicking competition, it's a little odd. I don't agree with it, but there's always a flip side to everything, right? Kevin Stefanski might be viewing this situation as, I've seen Kay York way more than you all. Boy, you let us off talking about that. There's so many different variables to the offseason, to training camp, right. and we only see one or two of them. He sees all of them. But that doesn't mean I agree with it. I personally, I think he's tripping, not bringing in a kicking competition, because we're talking about a kicker who was drafted in the fourth round. Uh, his name slips me, but the Bengals kicker, right? This Evan is a, McPherson. This is a guy that was yeah. drafted, had instant success. And fans will push back and say, well, you know, Justin Tucker struggled. Uh, these he other didn't kickers struggle as, struggle as a rookie. I know though. he didn't, but, yeah. they, but they say that yeah. like certain kickers struggled as a rookie. And that's true that they do. But the Browns drafted him in the fourth round, in my opinion, because they believe that they got instant return on investment. And so far they haven't. And so if you want to say K York is your guy, he can be your guy. But you still should do some due diligence to this entire team, bring in some kicking competition, and push K York to get better. Um, hey. I, there, there's a couple of points. I'll, I'll try to be brief as possible. Kate York, uh, the competition is, is, is over. The time to bring kicking competition is, is in OTAs throughout training camp, and they would have a kicking competition every day in practice. At this point, if you bring in another kicker in, that signals that that, that guy is eventually going to be the guy. The, the competition part is done. Like, and that just goes to show me that, they, that they're not going to cut Kate York. That's not going to happen. We just, we just got into a long debate and a long heated debate about fourth round picks, fourth round picks. How many guys did you, did you miss on? And if you're the general manager, you're not about to get rid of this dude immediately and say, I, I'm screwed up on another fourth round pick at a kicker. That's just not going to happen. Like, so, and when I talk about people being political in nature, when you talk about where you drafted or how much money you got on a free agent deal, that's political in nature. It doesn't have anything to do with how good you are on the field. Kate York, if they brought another kicker in, would not be as good as the, the, some of the veterans they brought in, which would signal he's out of here. What you then have to do is say, all right, well, if they're not going to get rid of him and you're Coach Kevin Stefanski, how would you handle the situation? Well, you, you, you handle it by this. You go in and you talk to Deshaun Watson and you, you, you meet with your offensive team and captains and your special teams coach and say, listen, right now, Kate does not have the confidence we want, just like any other young player. 
we can't throw them to the wolves. We're not going to be kicking 60-yard field goals to like just at the end of the half. If it's going to be third and three, we're putting it on the onus of Chubb, on the onus of our best players, and that's Deshaun Watson. So, Deshaun, listen, sometimes we're going to give you some play calls, and it's going to be, hey, get a certain amount of yards here so you can be fourth and, fourth and manageable, and we'll go for it. Savansky has already gone for it the most uh, out of any other coach. He likes doing it. So you just put the expectation like, hey, look, at the end of the day, it's just like high school. Inner city teams don't have kickers. We go for two all the time, right? We you, <laughs> That's it is what it is. So here's a situation where you may not have a guy that you're going to be able to line up from 55 with any confidence. I'd rather put the ball in, in Deshaun Watson's hands and say, let's go make a play. Because at the end of the day, until he gets his confidence, he's not making that. I'm sorry. He's, everybody in the stadium know that. Yeah. So put your team in a better position. Y'all know doggone well Coach Guillen got a kicker. That might be the only inner city school. And, and it took him 25 <laughs> years to get one. I guarantee you Glenville got a kicker. He probably a four-star yeah. recruit. Man, we, we, Glen, Glenville came down here. We was like, dang, bro, they got a lot of running backs. Where the kickers at? They're like, if we, yeah, we ain't got none of that yet. We're going to just be going for fourth and ten. Yeah. So I think G, G just clarified everything for me right here. Because I've really been struggling with this question. When Cade York missed those two, and, and you know me, I'm very dismissive about preseason. Mm-hmm. The only thing I pay attention to is the kicker. <laughs> because the kicker, what's the difference if it's preseason or regular None. season? It's if anything, it should be easier easy. because in a way there's no pressure because if you lose the game, who cares? Right. But there's nothing different. The, 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 your opponent doesn't matter when you're kicking a field goal. None. All right, first of all, this whole nonsense about the punter being to blame is complete nonsense. Yeah, that's a talking point. I, I, I don't want to hear about this anymore. If the if that were the case, they would have put a, another guy in there to hold. I'm sure uh, one of the backup quarterbacks could hold. A freaking wide receiver could hold. They'd find somebody. Okay? Dave Zastadil said what he said on the yeah. internet, and they keep trying to tell Dave Zastadil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Regular fans wrong. are telling Dave Zastadil. I'll Jay go with Feely. Dave Zastadil on this. They're telling Dave Zastadil and Jay Feely that they don't know what they're talking about. Right. And they do. Yeah. So that, that conversation is over. <laughs> but I've been, That's so funny. I have been all weekend going back and forth on like, what do you do? You drafted him in the fourth round. He made that game-winning kick against Carolina. You lose that game if it's not for the kick. But the back end of the year, he was terrible. You, you look at his numbers. Can you bring up his numbers from last year? Again, the, the field goals. So if you look at the field goals, he made, I think it was 75%. Yeah. Right? So he made yeah. 75%. But if you look, oh, that's the total. Can you? Can he was you 24 of 32. He was 24, 20, so 25 percent on the season. But remember, he made his first eight field goals. Yeah. So that means he was 16 of 24 after that, Man. which is 67 percent. 75 is not good. 67 is horrendous. There's part of me that's like, clearly this guy's got a big leg. I want to give him a chance to put it, pull it together. But it's not like any other position in football. You can't keep him as a backup. Right. Nobody wastes two roster <laughs> spots on a kicker. Like, that would be the perfect solution. Yeah, you just go get it. another you kicker. Can't do it. But you can't do it. And so, so I'm going back and forth. And then G just made it very clear. He said it's all politics. You're right. If Cade York was undrafted, he'd be gone. Yeah. If he was some schlepdick free agent... That had bounced around from team to team, he'd be gone. Bye-bye. So the reality is the Browns probably should replace Cade York. They probably should bring in Robbie Gould. Yep. Robbie Gould has yes, hit sir. big kicks. Yesterday. They would they would do it yesterday. 
It's not that difficult. And let's face it, I need a Jewish guy on the Browns. I don't have one. There's <laughs> so, no Jews on the Browns. So they're not with an affirmative no, action. I don't, I don't. I don't care. I'm, I don't care about that. I'm kidding, <laughs> yeah. but. So, so Bull, do you yeah. think it's, it's stubbornness? I mean, it's politics. It's yeah. stubbornness, basically, right? Yeah. The fact that you won't even bring in kicking competition because you're afraid, as an organization, that the kicking competition you bring in. Well, outkick K York, and now you got to go look yeah. in the mirror. Or, yes. you're, or hey, you're worried about his psyche and how he's going to handle yes. that. But which, you can't you know, worry about that. But G is right. If you bring in a kicker now, it's to replace the kicker you had. <laughs> at, at, at this point, there's no competition. You're only bringing in a guy if he's replacing your guy. But I don't think they're going to do that. No. But if he, like, there was part of me saying, well, let's see how he does in the regular season. But if he cost him a game early, that might be the difference and the, between and the playoffs is, or not. To me, this is the craziest part. And I said yeah. this to Earl off camera, I think Friday or Thursday. Yeah. Kevin Stefanski has an Ivy League education. <laughs> I remember Regardless exactly of what you think of his head coach, he's a smart guy. A very, very smart individual. He understands, in my opinion. Ivy that. League education does not make you smart. <laughs> it, okay. it, it, it's for, for, the, for the sake of this, okay. he's not struggling to put makes two and two together. you educated if you actually graduated. It doesn't yeah. make you smart. I do think Kevin Stefanski is a pretty smart guy. I do personally. You, whatever. He has he an Ivy League education. Guy, yeah. I just don't like the insinuation that if you went to an Ivy League school, because I know people have gone to Ivy League schools that are not that smart. And you know what? So do I. And I know people yeah. who haven't he gone to college smart, who are very, you. very smart. Yes. But theoretically speaking, the man has an Ivy League degree. He, he's very he smart He should guy. be smart. Yes. yes. I have a hard time believing that a guy who I view as that smart, who understands so much about football, would be willing to risk his job future on a kicker because they drafted him in the fourth round. Cognitive dissonance, Mike. Is, Seriously. Is, no one, cognitive dissonance is not a thing that affects just dumb people. Everybody, you could be That's educated right. as hell. I was watching a documentary with guys that have physics degree that still think the world is flat. <laughs> so, like, you, they know, you're supposed to know. What happens is when you're too close to the action, Mikey, when you've had your hand and picking handpicking a person and you stake your career on it after you get so far down the road and you I'll give you an example you you buy a car you think you love this car it's your first car that you got and then they say listen all right the, the, the brakes go bad you put more money in it then, then the engine goes bad you put more money in it then, then the starter goes bad you put more money in it pretty soon you have more money in repairs than the car is actually <laughs> worth yeah and then what you'll do is you'll say well, I didn't roll it this far. Yeah, I might as well keep I going. I might as well keep going. And that's how it happens in life. I didn't roll it out this far with Cade York. Yeah. He missed kicks last year that could have cost us. He's missing kicks in the preseason. But now I'm just going to wish upon a yeah. star. Yeah, but, but I'll tell you, even though I'm a guy who loves going for it, you know me. I'm never – I love one of my favorite things about Stefanski is that he goes for a lot of fourth yeah. downs. But if you're right that he's going into the season saying, hey, we don't trust our kicker, so we're going to – that puts the Browns at a major disadvantage, a disadvantage in a conference and a division that is loaded with talent. I, you know what? You know what that gave it to me was because when it was in a the game, there was in the third quarter, Kellerman was in the game, and it was fourth and three, fourth and four, inside the forty-yard line. He trots out Kellerman when it's a great opportunity to 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 kick a field goal to to test K York. Because he hasn't been performing. Yeah. You know what they did? 
They trotted him right back out there in fourth and four in a preseason game and threw the ball to Anthony Shorts. <laughs> Anthony Schwartz had like 14 <laughs> targets. And so think targets, about yeah. that. The, yeah. They would rather target Anthony Schwartz on fourth and four with a third-team quarterback than put your yeah. kicker you put spent a fourth-round pick on to get out there and kick it. Yeah. And people say, well, he was three for three. We don't want to mess up his mental state. If that's what it is, that's we're pathetic. in trouble. Yeah. I, I would really love to talk to Kevin Stefanski and just ask him, you know, when you look at training camp, Right, you, we all know you can't keep all these guys, but every other position on this team has competition. What makes K York so special that he doesn't at least have to compete against anybody else? Yeah. K uh, can the be, punter didn't either. I don't. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like K can be your guy, and that's cool. But what makes him so special? that he doesn't comp- have to compete. I don't know. Deshaun's your guy. It is you know, Everybody else your guy. Deshaun got hit. Everybody else is competing against somebody yeah. but him. I mean, in fairness, Deshaun's not really competing. There, I, I mean, yeah, you know, but, nobody, but you know. There's no chance anybody there, can take his job, there, but but I get your point. Yeah. There are there are yeah. two people. There are three people that don't have competition. The Nick punter, Chubb. the kicker, <laughs> and the second to third year quarterback. If you don't know if you got a quarterback yet and he's in his second to third yeah. year, they usually give him a job. It comes with the captain stripe. Mm-hmm. That's why you see all these young guys with a C on. I, I saw Zach Wilson with a C on last year. And I'm like, well, they're trying to build him up. Yeah. They, he can't have somebody beside him bringing in competition. That's right. just not what it is. So there are some positions that don't have it. But I do think, uh, McNuggets, you're going to yeah. see a lot of fourth down going for mm-hmm. it. Go ahead, Mikey. You know how we did confidence meters on the show, and we'll bring it back there in football season. Before we move on to our next topic, Earl, I'll start with you. We'll go around. What's your confidence meter, one through ten, on Kate York right now? Uh, probably about a four. G. Three. I'm with G. Three. Three. So together, so our high together, is four. we have a ten. Together, <laughs> we have a ten. Yeah, if that doesn't make you shit your pants at the Browns fan, and third. something's and, wrong. And, <laughs> and, 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 and see, this is why I, like, I do like to bring this up because the great thing about this show is like y'all, a lot of y'all don't like it, but I do like it. Um, the fact that Bull does watch other teams or watch another team, I can bounce off the perspective and be like, okay, am I crazy for saying this about the Browns? But I know for a fact that when, when I'm watching these Bengals play like the Chiefs, I'm watching these games be every single play every kick counts all of them the yeah. extra points yeah. the field goals the att- all of them and I'm, I'm sitting like dang these dudes and they're not missing now I can could I sit here and say that I believe Kate York can hit a field goal under any amount of pressure I can't say that because he's missing them in a, yeah. with no pressure what's amazing is he made that 58 yarder against Carolina and we thought we, we got, got one it. we got one we got one right here. And like every most of the big moments since then, he has not come through. I, it's, we made movie posters. We had a nickname competition. We were ready to crown him the second coming to LeBron James. Wild. Lethal Weapon 3. Legatron 2.0. All right, right Mikey. We got to move on here. We got two more things to get to before the end of the show. And this next one I think is going to take us on a wild ride. Before we do that, I want to remind you guys that myself, Earl, and Anthony have been doing a Behind the Glass podcast every week. I'm not sure what they were going to do it this week, but... It is, it's essentially the show, but we're pulling back the curtains even more than we usually do. Give you some behind-the-scenes stories, talk about the hottest topics of the day, preview some Browns, Cavs, and Guardian stuff, and it has been a lot of fun. We appreciate all the support so far, and hopefully you guys will continue to support us in our future endeavors. This happened last Thursday, what we're going to talk about, but because the Browns played on Thursday, we had so much to react to from the game on Friday, we decided to hold it for Monday, but it is absolutely worth revisiting, and we're going to play the clip. If anyone missed it, and G, I, I believe you heard it, 
We have the clip. Earl, I know you tweeted about it. I tweeted about it. Bull, you tweeted about it. Before we play this, G, did you see the Kyle Brandt clip? Do you know exactly what we're about to reference? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I so for anyone episode. out there who hasn't heard it, it's about two and a half minutes. We're going to play that. We're going to react to it because I know we all have some pretty strong thoughts on what Kyle Brandt had to say about covering the Cleveland Browns. Steve? Be completely candid here, cards on the table. I still think the Cleveland Browns are difficult to talk about, let alone hype because of their quarterback. Mm. Look, Deshaun Watson, I, I believe, did some really creepy things off the field and then got the largest contract in NFL history. And it's part of the conversation. Look no further than the preseason game when the venerable Chris Collinsworth did his best attempt to describe what Deshaun Watson had gone through chose words that people didn't like to describe it and he was uh, criticized for it that's merely just him trying to get the viewer up to speed of what went on in deshaun watson's life i think it's difficult you have to compartmentalize and that's our job as broadcasters and we do it almost every time with deshaun watson um this, to, it's football it's in the past it, it's all of that but as you as a human being or an nfl fan you get to choose who you get to root for and whose jersey you get to buy so if you're not comfortable buying deshaun watson's jersey or rooting for him or hyping him or drafting him on your fantasy team i think that is part of the browns discussion maybe it'll become less so as we move on yeah. certainly if they keep winning but i would also look no further than i think it's difficult for the browns to talk about deshaun watson look at the browns official twitter accounts it's not a lot of their star quarterback with the biggest contract in NFL history. He's there, but like if you look at the Bills with Allen or the Chargers with Herbert, it's like our quarterback, and it's the slow motion QB one, and stuff's not there. And and I and I sympathize with those people who have to run that account because it is difficult. And the times they do put Deshaun Watson stuff, the comments are not pretty, and nor should they be. So. I feel difficult because I feel I, there's a lot of good people working for the Browns and a lot of good players, but this is part of the discussion. It's not yeah. something you just snap your fingers and say, yeah, I love it. I'm totally in. I love this guy. I love this team. It's very difficult to do. To We're going to try to keep it to football, but it's, it's still hard. Once they blow the whistle, I don't think the players are like, now wait a second. I don't think so either, but no. I think it's more than the media. I think it's the millions and millions of fans. fans yeah. Yeah. And answered your questions, Jason, is maybe never. Yeah. Maybe you just decide that's not someone who I root for, and that's fine. And I can see this kind of an eye roll factor about it's August, and it's here as a Thursday morning. Why are we dragging this up? Yeah. It, Authenticity, like I, us. This is what this is the, what people are talking about. It's very easy to say. I love what they did with the pass rush, and I think the, all that stuff is fine. What is the elephant in the room? And having an actual real conversation. If you're saying that's not part of the conversation, you're not paying attention. And and I don't think we're sitting here saying he shouldn't be playing. He shouldn't no. be walking the street. It's just like if you don't want to root for him, I understand why. And it's yeah. difficult to talk about the Browns a little bit at this point. What's going to be really interesting is if they start three and zero, and that he is looks like the best player in the AFC. And then we'll get to it, but. This is not something you just say, well, we had an it's not like a player coming back from an injury or they had a bad season last year. This is a totally different thing with a lot of different people involved. Mm -hmm. So it's evolving. We're trying to compartmentalize. The answer to the question is it, why Lovely. they've been overlooked. They're difficult to talk about. Yeah. My, the, the first thing when I saw this, guys, on Friday, well, I, I saw it th or Thursday night, whenever I saw it, um, was I tried to, to find out if he had said the same thing about Ben Roethlisberger. First of all, what, unfortunately, what happens when this clip happens is then people, it turns into an argument about what Deshaun Watson did or didn't do. For me personally, I have no interest in that conversation. We've talked about that a million times. I, me, have no longer any interest in debating <clears throat> the merits of what Deshaun Watson did or didn't do. However, I think talking about, well, did, did Kyle Brandt ever go on a rant about, about how hard it is to talk about the Steelers uh, with, with what Ben Roethlisberger was accused of? 
Uh, Joe Mixon's been accused of a number of things early before he went to the NFL. And once again, recently, this has come up. He, he Mixon and his agent are embarrassing themselves with their behavior with the, the Cincinnati media, which is even softer than Art Soft Cleveland media. Uh, and and is he having a hard time talking about the Bengals? Uh, no, I don't think he's having a hard time talking about the Bengals. If I go to every team in the NFL, if I go to every business in America, I would guarantee you that 90% of them have at least one employee that has been accused or has done something inappropriate from either a sexual or a physical nature. That's the way it is. I don't say that to excuse any of it. I say it because that's the reality of the situation. So I don't believe, I just think Kyle Brandt, he talks about being genuine or it's part of the story. We Everybody knows the story already. Nobody watching a Browns commander's preseason game needs the update on Deshaun Watson's off the field stuff. He has the right to talk about it, but don't say he has to, Chris Collinsworth, because everybody knows about it. Everybody. My wife, who is not much of a sports fan, said to me, we were talking about Deshaun Watson yesterday. She, she said to me, what position does he play? Okay? Because my wife doesn't pay attention to... She likes baseball. She doesn't really pay attention to football. All right? Even when she listens to the, watches the show or listens to me on the radio and now the podcast, she doesn't know what the hell is going on when it comes to football. The only thing... she she But she know She don't know what position Deshaun Watson plays, but she's heard the off-the-field stuff because she's heard me talk about it. She's heard other people talk about it. That doesn't need to be explained to anybody anymore. I just think my beef with Kyle Brandt is I don't think he's being genuine here. And I like Kyle Brandt a lot. I like that show. I like Peter Schrager. I like Kyle Brandt. I think Kyle Brandt's really funny. I just think he dropped the ball here. I feel like he, like so many others in the media, feel like they have to qualify any conversation with Deshaun Watson about talking about the -the off-the-field stuff. And I think most football fans, not just Browns fans, don't care anymore. Like it or not. Like what Deshaun Watson... uh, Whatever you feel about him and what he did, you have the right to feel whatever the hell you want. You don't like Deshaun Watson? You're entitled. That's fine. Be Do you. But I don't think most football fans care about off-the-field stuff, whether it's him or anybody else. They want to hear about football. That's how I see it. I mean, for me, the thing that I – the beef I got with Kyler behind is just the selective morality, right? As you alluded to, first of all, let me preface my comments by saying everybody's entitled to their own opinion. But you can look across the NFL, all 32 teams, and find somebody from ownership to anybody that's on the cleaning staff that has a sketchy situation or has had a sketchy situation. Like you said, boy, it doesn't stop you from talking about them. In a tweet that I put out, you know, I referenced the Alvin Kamara situation. And this is why I call it selective morality. It amazes me how three men jump a man, damn near beat him to death, put him in a hospital, severely injured, charges come about, and yet that story did not get the same national coverage as the Deshaun Watson story. We know why it didn't, because Deshaun Watson's situation involved 20-plus accusations from women. And the selective morality is, okay, so it's okay to damn near beat Although it is also because he's a quarterback and he got traded. It's damn near okay. So basically you're saying to me, Yeah. It's okay to beat a man half to death, and it's mm-hmm. no big deal because that's a male. As if into saying violence against males is okay, but accusations against uh, 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 women are not okay. 
you got to keep the same energy across the board, right? You're, this this moral code about violence and, and things being disruptive and, and things that, that makes it uneasy to talk about. You didn't, Kyle Brandt was on Good Morning Football when the Cleveland Browns signed Kareem Hunt. You didn't have no problem talking about the Cleveland Browns when there was video evidence of what Kareem Hunt has done. So my thing is, you can't sit up here and try to punish 52 other players on a roster because you have a personal bias. And in my opinion, he has a personal bias against Deshaun Watson. You got to keep that same energy across the board because, like I said, selective morality. You're basically screaming to me, it's okay for a male to go through something at the hands of an NFL player. That's all right. That's cool. No big deal. You know, he's a running back. Avakmar's a running back. That's a man. No big deal. But because Deshaun Watson is a quarterback and we're we're talking about females, all of a sudden your moral code is raised to this height. And then you keep bringing up his money. Like last I checked, he's like the sixth or the seventh highest paid quarterback in the NFL right now, not the highest. Eugene. Well, you know, I'm going to just – I've tried to dissect this thing in, in multiple different layers, but we'll, we'll, we'll try to come at it at a different layer. Uh, since the beginning of time, since this game has started, quarterbacks have been known to have a certain characteristic. When you were African-American coming up and you were playing quarterback, they'll shift you to any other position but quarterback. We don't, they, 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 they say, well, you don't have the people skills. You don't have the temperament. Maybe you're too good of an athlete. Maybe you can't digest the playbook. Maybe you just don't have what it takes to be the face of a franchise. They've done that since the beginning of time. That's not a thing. Even when you go to the combine, they stop having to ask these guys wonderlick questions because the questions were culturally inappropriate, right? They had to stop saying, hey, is your mother a crackhead? You can't, how can you say that, right, in these interviews? Fast forward to where we are right now. The reality of it is every single quarterback is the CEO of an organization. They are the face of 32 top-notch franchises that are Fortune 500. When they say and mention how much money he's making, that comes from a place where saying, we don't even think you should even be making that type of money anyway. You just now got to the point where we started now interacting and putting black quarterbacks in a position to be the face of organizations. And to be truthful, there's a lot of people that don't didn't like that. Some people that might not really still like that, but if you're really talented, they'll overlook at it. But the second you mess up is the second they put you right back in your place. You lucky we let you be a quarterback. You could have been playing receiver with your homeboy from down the street. When you mention the 238, you consistently mention that. They understand what it is. Capitalism is here for all of us to see. They tell you when you when, when you go to the voting box, capitalism. We don't like socialism giving away free stuff. We don't like communism. We don't like that. We like capitalism. Okay, well, good. Well, why is it capitalism is good for every single business owner out here? You don't even want to give out minimum wage increases because you, you don't want regulations. You don't want anything. You want to make as much money as you possibly can except when it comes to maybe a certain demographic of people. Why you got a problem with 238? We don't hear 238 with Herbert. We don't hear 238 with Big Ben. We never even understood with how much these guys were making. But when he got in here and they started talking about 238, they saying to themselves, 
You don't deserve that. We don't even like how you even representing our, 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 our era because the only people that get guaranteed contracts is the quarterbacks. So that's how they view the situation. If you look at it, and, and if we could just get rid of the conversation at 238, everybody understands that it's been through economics. The Cleveland Browns didn't pay him 238 based on his talent. The Cleveland Browns pay, paid him 238 based on the market value of a franchise quarterback and their track record of not being able to identify and get a quarterback. They swung a miss on Baker. They had no other options. They had a team that was ready now. It has nothing to do with whether Deshaun is worth 238. You're paying for the fact that you couldn't get a quarterback. Now that you got it, you have to pay a premium. Everyone understands that. If I want a plane ticket in three months, I could get it for $55, cheap as dirt, right? But if I want a red eye and get on the plane right now and go to Italy, that's going to cost me $2,500. It's economics. <laughs> it's the supply and demand. And at the end of the day, there's a lot of people that are basically upset the fact that they feel that a person who is in that upper echelon has put a stain on the quarterback position by being alleged doing what he did and being rewarded for doing what he said he was doing. At the end of the day, that's not the way life works. That's the way they do it. And they playing dumb when you, if they act like they don't know what's going on. I don't understand. I mean, I know everybody brings up the money all the time. In the context of what Kyle Brandt was talking about, bringing up the money doesn't even make any sense. It didn't even make sense at all. Because it, 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 if, um, I don't know, you know, if, if, uh, who's a me, if Jimmy Garoppolo was accused of the exact same things that, that Deshaun Watson is, and he's making $50 million or whatever the hell he's making, would you have brought, like, what is, the, it wouldn't be any less awful, the accusations, based on the money. Uh, to me, it's like two totally separate The money issues. has nothing to do with... The money has zero to yeah. do with what you're talking about. But but you, the, you, but are you, you more bothered by watching the Browns because he's making more money? But that's I, not truthful, though, Bull. When you go back to, yeah. the, you go back to this summer... Lamar Jackson hasn't done anything to anybody. But every single time you turn the TV on, it was, he's not worth that money. He's not worth that money. He's not getting that money. Let me ask, that's, that's so crazy to me because they say, well, if you weren't like Deshaun Watson, we wouldn't count your pockets. But that's not mm -hmm. a lot. We've we seen a guy in Lamar Jackson who wanted to negotiate his own deal, who has never done anything outside the bounds of, of anything wrong. And people, the Kyle Brandt, the everybody on TV, hey, he's so dumb. Why would he let his mom do that? He's costing himself money. Lamar Jackson isn't really even that good anyway. Now, all of a sudden, I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, listen, that's a couple people in a row you really counting checks with. I didn't see the same thing with Herbert. I didn't see the same thing with Allen. I didn't see the same thing with the regular traditional way that you go about doing it. Anytime if you are a, a African-American quarterback, they tell you, you better do it the way Brady did it. If you ain't doing it like Brady, if you're not doing it like the Mannings, you're, you're, you're ruffling feathers. Calm that down and stand in line because guess what? There's a lot of your brethren up here, these running backs and receivers, <laughs> They not get guaranteed contracts. So for you getting a guaranteed deal, there's a set of standards that we need you to live by. And you know what's G, so crazy? Or before you go in real, real quick, G, and only I'm telling you this because a lot of what you just said, I totally agree with. It's 230, not 238. And when we post social clips, I want to make sure we got the right number because you know how social clips work. Yeah. And you can make the best point in the world and it'll be like, 
It's two thirty-two, not two thirty-eight. <laughs> so, so, so I'm just, I'm just telling you, future <laughs> reference. It's not two thirty-eight. It's two thirty. Earl, all you. All right. So something else he said, and it kind of ties into what G was saying. But boy, I think it was like last week, a couple weeks ago. You know, we was going back and forth about, you know, keeping that same energy. One of the things he said in that clip, you know, maybe it'll be easier to talk about if the Browns are winning. Right. And this is after he had talked about the money. And this is why I feel so strongly about people keeping that same energy because the information didn't change, right? The information about Deshaun Watson to this date is the same. So why all of a sudden does it become easier down the road if the Browns are winning to talk about Deshaun Watson and the Browns, yeah, right? Yeah, he, if he's being real. Now, I, that, I thought he was alluding to being yeah, other but, fans. But but that, that, that's just yeah. the example to go back to yeah. a conversation we had a couple weeks ago. That's why I feel so strongly about that because none, none of the information about Deshaun Watson has changed. Everything is what it is, right? But to me, he comes off as a man that has a personal bias against Deshaun Watson. I think he believes the, the accusations against him. I think he's frustrated that this man had those type of accusations accusations against him. And then he got that type of money, $230 million over five years, right? Right. So he's pissed off about it. He feels some type of way. And because of him being our quarterback, the rest of the team was un- uneasy to talk about. But let Deshaun Watson go out here and ball out this year like crazy. Let him actually live up to the contract. Let's say he actually does everything that yeah. Browns fans want us to do. All of a sudden, why Kyle Brandt is it easier now to talk about the Browns and Deshaun Watson? The information well, I, I didn't think change. If, if he does that, then it's fair to call him out on that. Yeah. I mean, if he, all of a sudden he's waxing poetic about Deshaun Watson. But I think I think fans don't – would even, even – I get what you're saying, but I think our fans would want everybody to, to stop saying that anyway because our fans don't want to hear that negative stuff. And there you go. Now, Patrick Mahomes, nobody talks about his money. No. To be fair. Well, well, well here, there, there's, <laughs> we don't, I don't even want to, I don't, I don't <laughs> even want, I don't yeah. even want to go into that dynamic, okay. right? All like, right. I just want to, yeah. yeah. like, it's, 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 it's <laughs> I just, I just said there's, a, there. there's yeah, a difference yeah. between Deshaun Watson and, and Patrick Mahomes, right? Patrick, like, you got to think about it like this. They're, once again, don't rock the boat. We don't care. Like, it, it it comes down to that, right? That, look, think about it. We even heard from Kyler Murray. He don't read his iPad. I said, where did, at what point in time did, he got a contract coming up. All of a sudden, it's, man, we, we got to put in this contract that if he don't read his iPad, that he not going to be eligible for all this money. It's like, wow, what kind of, where did that clause come from? Now, also, listen. <laughs> Race is a part of everything. It's Jesus. a factor all the time. There's no doubt about it. It's not the only factor. Oh. People did. Kirk, pe- people have shit on Kirk Cousins a lot for the money he's made. Mm-hmm. Right? That has happened. He's been. You know, he doesn't deserve this money. He don't win. Whatever. But I, but I didn't hear that push when Kirk Cousins got yeah. that. When Kirk Cousins got that guaranteed deal, the consensus was good for him. Good for Kirk. He had to sit behind RG three. I think when when. I disagree with you a little bit on on Lamar Jackson because I feel like I, I feel like with Lamar Jackson there's there's a lot of people in the media that are afraid to criticize him at all. That if anybody criticizes Lamar Jackson, there are a lot of people. I, I, there's always going to be some people that think he don't. I agree with it. you, but I'm I think you. Lamar Jackson gets gets plenty of love overall. Well, we talk about his play on the field. Yeah, that, we talk about play. Yeah. What we're talking about here is is contracts and, and the way you're perceived with these contracts. Because remember, the perception was 
you know, every you're right. He does get a lot of love until it was time for him to get paid. See, but now I, he's a now he's a running quarterback. Now he's a quarterback who can't I really think, throw the ball. There's always going to be some. Listen, I don't think Lamar Jackson is as good as some other people think. Like I like Lamar Jackson, but I don't think he's as good as Mahomes or Burrow or even Herbert or Allen. I don't think he is. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think he is. I think he's in that next group. But uh, I think there's a lot of. I think I do think the majority. I mean, I don't know. We don't have exact numbers. Nobody's keeping a chart on this. But my impression is that the majority of national media members that cover the NFL thought Lamar got what he deserved, and it was a fair contract. I I, I feel like that's the case, Mike. You watch a lot. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it was weird because he held out, and then the initial discussions were, "Well, is he worth more money than the top guys?" Right, and. But if we you, know the next guy always gets it, more uh, money when you're at that yeah, level. Yeah. And, and yes, race certainly plays a role. When Bill Polian said, oh, I don't think Lamar Jackson He's is a, a quarterback. Back. If Lamar shit. Jackson were white with the same athletic ability. He wouldn't say that. He would never no. have said that. Ever. Never. And so, of course, stop being phonies and say, oh, leave race out of it. It's oh, it's a first of all, we don't bring up race all the time. We bring it up once in a while because it is part of the conversation, and it's part of every conversation. It's not the only part of the conversation, but it certainly is. And when it comes to when it comes to quarterbacks, it's been a huge part of the conversation. Fortunately, now it's not what it used to be, but it doesn't mean it's perfect. And Lamar Jackson, the last two years, G, and this is where I think part of the split on the Lamar Jackson contract talks have been. In the last two seasons, he's thrown 31 touchdowns and 20 interceptions. Yeah. In total. I mean, I get on him on the field all the time. Yeah. I get on see see what see this is the thing too, right? There's the, the way the game works is no one comes out in there outwardly be like, I don't like you because of A, B, and C, right? Yeah. That doesn't happen. That's not no one no one is that dumb in this industry well, to do that. Some people. Well, so, I'm not <laughs> and, unless yeah. it's a hot mic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but here's like so to think about this, right? People will say this, and I just I just give you this because, and people say, why you bring up the owners all the time? Well, all the there's no black owners, majority owners. So all I have to do is I just I have to compare and contrast. So I'm looking at it. They always say you were rewarded, you were rewarded, you were rewarded. That they use that all the time with his two hundred and thirty million dollars, right, Mike McNuggets? Two thirty. Two thirty. He was rewarded. So let me ask you a question. So when Donald Sterling. Got his team taken away, right? For very bad things, racial yeah. comments, all that stuff. Yeah. When he sold his team, did he sell it for less or more than he paid for? Way more. Two, threefold. Yeah. It, was he rewarded? Yes. Okay. When, when, when Daniel Snyder had to sell his team, NFL franchise, because he was sexist, misogynist, said he had all kinds of stuff. Shit. He all that. Yeah. When he sold his when he sold it, did he get more or less? Way more. Okay. Sons owner. Sons owner. More or less. So when yeah. you when he, you say that, and, and you sit here and you act like you on a moral soapbox, what happens is people like me be like, well, listen, honestly, you didn't really think this through because nobody is sitting on those stages being like, he was rewarded. They should have just right. stripped him and gave him what he was owed, owed. And to that point, did Kyle Brandt have a problem talking about the commanders the last few years? No. That guy's a real piece of shit. He had no... So, so him... See that? See, I, I don't. It's, I, it's disingenuous. It's disingenuous, and and you, he's grandstanding to be. I just, I'm just keeping it real. No, you're not keeping it real. What you're yeah. saying is, 
You understand how this game works. You get paid for what your talent level is or what people are willing to pay you at, at the end of the day. There was a whole bunch of people that worked for ESPN, right? They got laid go, right? And you look at how much they get paid. You think any of them was worth that money? No, no. <laughs> and, and they got it. And I win. Mike Greenberg makes six million a year. He's awful. <laughs> so, so Mike Greenberg, how is that guy getting six million a year? So the people that never played, that ain't never done nothing, can make more than the people that they rat about. There's and no salary up. cap in business, G. Huh? It only exists in sports. There's well, no, no salary but, cap but in business. We, we got to be fine with that. I'll take Dude. it. Because guess what? I don't count their checks. All I count is when you're being disingenuous. And guess what? We are professionals just like you are. If they got a game on TV, yeah. I don't have to say Robert Kraft's name. I don't have to say Roethlisberger's name. I can look at what's happening on the field and just take it for face value and, and marry it. Break it down. There's a reason why hockey bad guys are called goons and basketball bad guys are referred to as thugs. There's a reason for that. There is. Yeah, and, and like I said, man, to me, it, it's a selective morality based on a personal bias, right? Not even necessarily about race because, again, there's video evidence of what Kareem Hunt did. And I right. know for a fact, I remember yeah. watching. And that around, was the woman also. Yeah. And, not, I, you know. and, we're exactly. not dry, and we're not dry snitching. Exactly. We're not, we're not so trying all, to point all, out. All I'm saying is, I remember at that time, he had no problem talking about the Cleveland Browns. I've never heard him say that before about any other team. Yeah, so it's like maybe he has, but I don't remember him ever saying like, it. Like, while all of a sudden now talking yeah. about this entire organization is is the hugest problem in the world. Well, Earl, you, Earl, you're a producer, Mike, you're a producer. Guess what? He understands the analytics just like y'all do. If you say Deshaun Watson, you're guaranteed eight thousand views. Dude, I got over five. I, talking about this on my podcast so, Friday, I got over five fifty two hundred YouTube views in forty eight hours. That means we got to beat that. Yeah, go ahead. So shout out to people out there. We got to beat both podcasts. It is now direct competition. We got one more quick thing before we get to our softball recap. That was a really interesting conversation and really in depth. I appreciate all three of your guys' insights on that. Hopefully, the audience enjoyed it as much as I did. We mentioned the Fanatics link earlier. I want to mention it again. You need Swaggy Browns gear for the upcoming season. If you're going to buy it, go to fanatics.com slash UCSS. Help us out in the back end. We appreciate it. And trust us, the selection of Browns gear on fanatics.com is elite. Uh, before we do softball, we got five minutes for a 32 and 32 series as we continue on. Today is number 13, and it is Grant Delpit. Earl, I know you mentioned Grant Delpit earlier in the show as a guy you hadn't heard glowing reviews of from camp. Not necessarily bad, but hasn't been a standout like we've heard some other guys be referred to as so what are your expectations for Grant Delpit in his first year in Jim Schwartz's defense in a contract year as a second round pick out of LSU uh so even though like I've not heard much good bad or indifferent my expectations for Grant Delpit has not changed I think that on the defensive side of the ball he can be the Cleveland Browns 2023 uh breakout player of the year you see him start to make more plays towards the end of the season I thought that, you know, even though Joe Woods didn't do much to change what was going on defensively, that, you know, when we would go back and, and watch the tapes, you seen Grant Delpit playing closer to the line of scrimmage than he had played at any point throughout the season. And the result of that was, you know, interceptions, deflected passes, forced fumbles, et cetera. And so when you hear other players in this defensive scheme led by Jim Schwartz talk about the freedom that they have or being able to be in position to play naturally to more of what they do well. I think that Grant Delpit is another guy who's going to benefit from playing for Jim Schwartz. And I think ultimately the Cleveland Browns will benefit because he's going to make plays. He might even score a touchdown or two this year. Grant Delpit, G. Now, listen, I would like to see him. I would have liked to see him a little bit in the preseason. But, but 
to me, I, I want to go on record. I want to be on record. I think this is going to be one of the most dominant defensive lines that I've seen in a very long time. I think the defensive as a whole is going to be one of the best defenses I've seen in a very long time. Um, and it's just because the level of, of, I would say, the level of freedom that they have to go out there and make plays. Um, you know, I was in a, in, in a system where in high school, you know, I had over 100 tackles as a defensive end. I said, bro, they, they look back at the stats and say, bro, you know, you're lying. You, that, that's, that's out of it, You can't have 100 tackles as a defensive lineman. I saw, yes, you can when you tell the defensive lineman, go do whatever you want to up front, and we'll worry about it on the back end. And usually what happens is on the back end, we had guys like Mike Doss that got 10 interceptions. 10 picks is crazy. I didn't even know they was throwing the ball that much. But what happens is when guys start to play hungry and loose like that, and that synergy starts to build, and, and, and it, it all comes together, um, Grant Delpit could be the beneficiary of that. I liked him coming out of LSU. Um, I, I, I thought he had a bounce back year last year, and, and I thought that he definitely outplayed JJ3. Yeah. I thought he was probably the most consistent guy in the secondary yeah. last year, besides uh, Mark Emerson. So for me, I think he can have a great season, and if he is going to have a great season, uh, they're, they're going to be a fast defense and a fun defense to watch. By the way, G gets a lot of his information from the Parcheesi Club that, he, <laughs> that he's in with Jet. <laughs> you guys enjoy my video? Yeah, on Friday? That was funny. That was very. <laughs> that was hilarious. That was crazy. I was like, yo, like, yeah, we're we're the same. We're the same Parcheesi Club. We got to get Jack Conklin together. He didn't show up last week. He yeah. said, Earl, you lost a damn mind. Yeah, <laughs> I love you, but you just lost a damn yeah, mind because. I, I feel like you were ranking them based on how good the player was. Left tackles most you, you important. You know what it is? I got the same energy for Jed Wills that you have for Miles Straw. I hear yeah. you. But yeah. in the yeah. end. That's and, what and, it and, is. And when you explained it, I understood. I'm like, oh, yeah, he just don't think he good. Right. I don't yeah, think he's good I just either, but good. his position is important. His That's position the, is one of the top three most important positions in the NFL. Mm -hmm. It's just that. When it comes to the actual player playing left tackle, yeah. I feel as strongly about him as you feel about Miles mm. Straw. Man, I didn't know he was that bad. I, I, I think he's I think he's not as bad as Miles Straw is in baseball. But what do you think about Grant, Grant Delpit? Delpit? Grant Delpit, I was very impressed with the second half of last year. I, to me, he had been a huge disappointment with the Browns until the second half of last year. And I thought he really stepped up his game. He had a big impact the second half of the season. And I have extremely high hopes for him. I'm with G. I have extremely high hopes for the defense, too. Now, we got to see it because we've had a lot of high hopes over the last few years for this team, and it hasn't happened. But the defense is low. The defense definitely has more talent than it's had as long as I've been covering the Browns. And uh, I, I think Grant, Grant Delpit found his place on this team last year. Uh, it is a little weird that he hasn't played much. But uh, I think he's a, I, I think you guys did good with Grant Delpit. I think I like he's Grant. in the right spot. I like Grant Delpit. Important right. player. Nice and easy. Yeah. Final fast food of the day before we get to our softball review. If you are not already a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, you have two options to do so. And I think for football season, it'll be very well worth a little bit of money out of your pocket. For a buck ninety nine, you become a starters tier member. That gets you some custom loyalty badges and emojis in the chat. For four ninety nine, you become a coaches tier member, and that gets you special overtime content every day, at least ten minutes of an extra topic or the guys just kind of shooting the crap, talking about whatever's on their mind. It is worth it. Starters tier, coaches tier. We appreciate you on September 1st. We'll be gifting away some memberships as well, so that should be fun. Check it out. And By the that, way, guys, you have to, real quick, we, you have to, I sent you guys a picture 
You got to see. This is Dodger Stadium. Look at this. With the hurricane in L.A. Oh, wow. Oh, it's like flooded all around. It is great. Now, the Dodger Stadium is like kind of like it's, you know, most baseball stadiums, you walk in and then you got to, you know, walk up. Well, there you got to walk down. It's man, I just this weather stuff. Like, like, come on, man, guys, guys, don't we? And and then yet and still, we 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 tell y'all, yeah, global warming is a thing. Yeah. Hey, there's I I I had to look this up. Gee, I I was told on Facebook that it's not a real thing. I I I I have never in my life seen a hurricane on the West Coast. It's crazy. It's almost impossible. It's impossible. I know. It's too depressing. All right, so. Softball. First of all, any, you know, listen, you know, I, I'm aware that I'm fat, okay? But anybody, some of these people, oh, boy, you're going to have a heart attack. Maybe I will have a heart attack. Maybe nah, I'll be dead we're, in two years. We're not putting but that out there. Go fuck yourself. You we're know not, what I'm saying? We're not. Go a, F, a, yourself. A, a, F go, yourself. Go F yourself. <laughs> nah, if you're making nah. fat comment. I can be mean. I can be tough. I can be, I don't go around calling people fat. I know I'm fat. Don't have to be an asshole about it on Twitter. Hey, before y'all say anything else, boy, you're not going to have a heart attack. I mean, I you know, like you know personally how, how I feel about but that, man. I don't want to see, uh, I don't wanna see I don't nothing happen either. to you. And like, I know. You think I don't feel like I've let down my freaking family every day? I, w- I wish it were easier. I wish I could lose weight. I, I am, this is a lifelong struggle. So go F yourself. I don't yeah, need your skin. Anybody, man, who, who feels necessary, man, to like make somebody else feel bad just to put themselves up, that's weak. Losers. That's weak. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry. So, so go, let's see these videos. Come on. So let's get to the game. So yeah. first and foremost, Bo, we're going to start with you. You are first up. We have individual right. clips from the game. Uh, G, we're going to play them. Yeah, you yeah. and Earl were not there. The but person we- who said I'm racist on Twitter said <laughs> Tyvis, Brad, Earl, and G in the tweet. I know. Well, hey. guess what? They weren't at the game. Well, next year we're going to have a UCSS team. By the, by, the way, we were, by the way, we were invited, right? I couldn't do it, right? So, But next year I will be, I will be in there. Yeah, we got to have we, you there. We will be in We will be with UCSS. WKYC. Even though the I will teams were, even though Stephanie screwed up the teams, I love Stephanie. She's awesome, but she screwed up the teams. They were com- completely unfair teams. Go ahead, Mikey. So, uh, Steve, let's take the first one. This is Bull yeah. in his second. <laughs> we don't have video from every at bat, but we got Director Steve. Also, shout out Director Steve for getting. You all got this my video. hit. I got two hits. We got a hit right here, all right. Bull. All right, let me see. Let me see. Whenever you're ready, Steve. Man, I, I, it's hard watching myself, honestly. Hey, that's a hit, though. I got a base hit, though. Hey, and, you, and let's see, this. Steve, take tag board here. And you, you swung at it over here. Ain't. Who was oh. that? Me? Oh, they got the catcher. I didn't strike out, though. Catcher came. I swung and missed at one pitch. Oh, that's a shot. That was this, batting practice. This was in warm-ups. This was me and Bull just getting some cuts in beforehand. There you go. I was picking up my back foot a couple of my swings. I didn't even realize I was doing that. That's terrible form. That's why I'm not getting enough power. My back foot's coming up. It's got to be because my left knee is not great. And oh, oh, which, one, which one is your Achilles that you tore? The left. But that doesn't factor anymore. But my left knee was a little sore. You know, when you're heavy, you, you get you're gonna you have got, some, you got over, over, some sore stuff. They, they say, why, why you ain't play? I said, bro, I'm way too out of shape for that. I've been but I, I did all right. I made every play at first base. You were hey. two for four, played great defense I went two at first base. Hey, I, I, listen, I thought you was going to swing, man. I ain't going to lie, bro. I thought you were going to look terrible. No, thank you. Good job. Well, thank and uh, shout out to reporter Steve. He wasn't director Steve yesterday. He yeah, was, was reporter report. Steve. He was man, Johnny on the spot. Was out the videos. And hopefully you can find these videos. They're all ordered numbers. It's literally the next video. It's literally the next one. bothered by that. 
And we have uh, we we interviewed Bull coming off the field to end the game. Steve, if you want to take the interview full, oh yeah, take a listen. I'm hot. I'm sweaty. I'm pissed off about a softball game. That's how insane I am. The teams are unfair. We got screwed by Stephanie. I'm really agitated about it. I shouldn't. If I was a normal human being, I wouldn't care. I'd be like, it's just a company softball game. I'm mad at myself because I choked last inning, first and second. I tried to hit a liner down the right field line. Instead, I pulled the ground ball for an easy out. So I'm in a bad mood right now. But we just had a good inning, and the game's never over till, till the fat lady sings. So game was on the line, first and second, and you went mile straw. I grounded out. <laughs> that was my biggest at bat in the third inning. It was a close game at that point. Um, you had four at bats? I had four at bats. And then my last at bat, we rallied in the last inning. Now, the umpire was making a few calls in, in our favor. But in the last inning, we were down 10 to 3. We made it 10 8. And I came up in the last inning and I got a hit. Now, in fairness, my knee was really barking at that point. So a couple of, I, I wasn't the first one. That's why I did it. AJ, Jason's son, ran for me. I hit a hard ground ball, but I would have been out if I were running myself. Right, right. And he beat it out on a bang-bang play. That made it 10-9, and then our next batter popped out to end it. So we had made a big comeback. I might do that. I'm, next year, you I got to play next year. Next year. we got to play UCSS versus WKYC. We will. And the next guy on our list is someone yeah. who okay. comes between both of those. It's one Jay Crawford. Before we take any of Jay's videos, let you me just what? preface this with this. I parked right next to Jay as we're walking into the stadium. Yeah. I get out the car. Jay looks me in the face. He goes, McNuggets. I hit an over-the-fence home run in my game yesterday. I pitched a two-hitter. I got my baseball fix in. This is just fun. I'm not taking no. this competitively at all. Yeah, not true. His wife looked at him and goes, bullshit, Jay. I know you. As soon as Jay stepped on the field, it was ultimate competitive Jay. And he was quite salty. <laughs> yeah. As, as we say, that was cap. Yeah. Oh, that was cap. That was cap. That was 100 percent cap. cap. Jay was full of shit. He was just <laughs> he and I were pissed off the whole game because the team sucked, and he had to pitch because we had, we we put a guy out there to pitch. He couldn't even put, throw it over the plate. This was Jay's first double. Jay smoked that one to deep left. Yep, and he's running hard too. Yep, he and, slid. Jay slid at one point. Wait, wait till you see Anthony slide in the second base. Where where we don't have that, himself. unfortunately. So you don't have that. That was oh, director were, Steve, and then that oh. was Jay's. This is Jay's second double. You go right to the next one here, Steve. Jay. From different angles, Pause. steps up in the box, rips it, kind of waddles. A little bit of a penguin run there from Jay. Got, he's totally I mean, Jay's almost 60, man. And he, moves he, good. He, he, he moves good. No, he played he very well. Jay, for a guy and he, slid, and he hit the pop-up slide on y'all? Yeah, I mean, Shout come out on to Jay. Now. You can't be making fun of his run, Mike. No, no, he, listen, Jay played very well. Uh, we also caught up with Jay. he pitched pretty well for us. Like, he we did, didn't have he, anybody else that could pitch. We needed he was throwing real pitches. He was a freaking shortstop, but it was a lefty, for crying out loud. Uh, let's, let's listen from Jay. This is as he was leaving the field as well. I don't know how the teams got allocated, but to give you an idea of what we were dealing with, I went to all 13 of our players, and I said, can you pitch? And the answer was the same. Pitch? I've never played softball. What? Yes, That's not virgin softball players here. This is an uphill climb. That was mostly true, but not completely true. They set y'all up. Mo yeah. we, had no we really had nobody else that could pitch, they so Jay had up. to pitch, even though he was our best fielder. They set you up for the wolf. <laughs> yeah, they did. They we set had you up nobody, for Like, we had, uh, who was playing third base again for us? Matt, Matt Wentz, or Wentz, the... No, Matt Wentz was the big guy. He was Matt Wentz was good. The third baseman. Right, he was good. The weather guy. I was, I was good at first. Jay was really good. Jay was good. Nobody else on our team could play the field. 
at all. I'm pleading the fifth. I'm, I'm taking one out of Earl's playbook. Yeah. <laughs> uh, real quick, before we move on, what did you guys think of Jay's swing? Earl G? Oh, uh, I've never. Cut? Uh, I mean, I've never seen somebody step up. <laughs> it's softball. It's you know? soft pitch softball. You do that a lot. It, it, you know, sometimes it's softball. It's all about getting your right pitch that you can elevate. Yeah. Sometimes you get anxious because you think every pitch looks so good. Right. Um. So you know, I you know, I've seen it. Yeah. Man. Aaron seen ended it. up playing. He was swinging and missing a lot because he was not used to that slow pitch. We got a couple more things to get to. Uh, we'll go to me next. Yeah. Let off the game. Yeah, you smoked that one. Yeah, we'll just let let, let, let the video play. Let the uh, video did play. Did McNuggets hit a home run? Did McNuggets turn it on? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he did. His hat! His hat! Go! Go! <laughs> I don't know why he stopped at third. I don't know what he was doing there. Ball stood on the name. That thing would have rolled 700 feet. Hey, McNuggets turned this. McNuggets called himself turned it. I know. I thought Anthony was about to steal on him coming to home plate. I seen him flinching everything. I thought about it. Should have taken him out. Anthony got beat up in this game. Yeah, we're we're Anthony's next on the list, so we'll get to that. Steve, let's take the next video. Let's play the next one. Oh, what's this? An alternate angle of my home run? We have to watch again. Oh God! You got take two. Oh God! We'll just see this again one more it time. It rolled to the... Who let Mike edit Who's this? this sister? Who's this Yeah, I, I was just about to say, man. Who, who the hell let Mike edit this video? Outfield, outfield was tough. We're not going to lie. Uh, but they, they hustled. They hustled. Great jerseys, though, right? Jerseys were pretty cool. They were awesome. Um, Steve, we got... I had Great the field. next at bat. This is off Jay. I only so put this hot. one in here because Jay was pitching. So if Jay ever says he can get me out, I'm officially one for one against one Jay Crawford. <laughs> there we go. Little rope to left. Who's that? Who's that shortstop? That's a card. That's an E. And last but not least, uh, I had a little. I had to leave early, so I did a little exit interview as well. So Steve, you want to take the interview before we That's get to E5, Anthony and bro. Jason? <laughs> you know, there's a lot of hear a lot of chatter from Jay Crawford and adding the ball on that side. And it, it's got to be tough to be down eight one head into seven. I, I have to leave actually to go drive my friend to the airport. I have so much faith in the guys out there bring home a dub that they don't need they don't need to play for three play pretty stellar defense minus one one minor mishap but hit a home run I, I did what I did I came here I executed and now it's on my guys to close it out legends for life by the way Mike I played a better first base than you did by he the said way. legends for, for life <laughs> you you made Technically, an error I did, I did have an error I had one error I had no error I did uh Anthony's up next and you can see the error because Anthony's single that's on camera yeah. Should have been an out, but I dropped the ball. So oh, I almost I got it. taken out by this one, coach, at first, I think. I was talking a bull as this was happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, hey, hey Anthony, <laughs> Anthony is kind of faster than I thought. Anthony was moving. Turn. I didn't know where the bases were. Yeah. I forgot that they were shorter. <laughs> Anthony was moving. Anthony Dude, got like, Anthony, Anthony was got... playing catcher. I'm like, so Mike Polk, Mike Polk made, do you have the catch he made? No. Mike Polk made the best play of the day. He made a diving catch with his bare hand playing catcher. No. He dove forward, caught the ball. So I'm like, Anthony, you got to dive. So Anthony was diving the rest of the game. I felt bad. He got beat up because I was yelling Anthony at Anthony got a little kid, little kid speed. Like, like yeah, he you, does have, like, you're right. Like, you have a little kid, they'd be unorthodox, no form. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be moving a little bit. That's right. Anthony has that. G nailed take, that perfect. Take tag board, Steve. This is the other Anthony swing. Um, just Anthony as warm-ups. This is the first time I swung a bat since Little League. And you left-handed, too. I'm the, I was the only lefty hitter yesterday. Yeah, I don't bat left-handed. Killed that. I mean, you have to say that Jason Lloyd was the biggest disappointment. Of We're going to get to Jason next, okay. but we have Anthony's exit interview first with his girlfriend. Are we allowed to say her name? Yeah. Bree. That fits. is kind of far. So we're here with the downtown Dynamos. It is eight to two. 
I don't even know what inning it is. The ump forgot what inning it was. It is the top of the sixth. Top of the sixth. We are we are struggling on offense. We are struggling on defense. Our middle infield's got nothing going on. I'm tired. It's hot. <laughs> All right, and let's get to the, the one that we stayed, I would say, the worst for last in this case. Yeah. Uh, no context needed. Jason, who says he played softball, yes. says he played baseball. The most Steve, take, softball player. Just take this video, and then it loops at the end because it's so good. Come on, Jason. No. <laughs> Jason, you got to go back and then come in. Back and then in. And, and why is there why <laughs> and why is there a shortstop dude that shortstop was the best player and why is there a third baseman where did the girl come from that's Stephanie that's Steph was there was like, like 17 we players like in the field fielders. uh we we got up we had a special interview with Jason at not me wait you didn't get a strikeout you're looking at me like I feel I was oh, playing in the game bull Jason but Lloyd struck out how do we you have, have a that? special interview with Jason here Steve oh. take it no, it wasn't, man. It could have happened to anybody. Uh, I, I, I was six years old. I should have caught it. I was waiting to hear someone call me off. Uh -huh. Nobody called me off. It's a baseball mitt and a heavy right in the middle. I, I understand. So, but you, when you made the, when you actually went in there, I mean, you went in there. You own that. Like, you went in, so you can't act like you can't blame somebody for not calling you off. Like, well, you, the, the play, Mike, is you go back until somebody calls you off and then you peel out of the way. Okay, but no one called you off, so that makes it your ball. Yes. So it's your responsibility. Yeah. Pretty routine fly ball. I should have caught it. Now, does it hurt any more that that was in front of your child and in front of your wife? They already didn't have any respect for me. They already knew what you were. All right. So this won't be something they'll be working on therapy for a long time or anything like that. This is the least of their work. No, they didn't like me before. I could totally see it. All right. Well, hey, we got one more inning. All right. And Jason did have a single, but Steve skipped the single. We don't want to give Jason any love. Go to the pop out. Oh, okay. Yeah, he popped out. He struck out. He's the only one of the, of the team that struck out, I think. Oh, bro. Oh, my gosh. Who caught that? Jay. <laughs> That's disrespectful because Jay's the closest person in your tax bracket. <laughs> I, think, I think for UCSS, Jason and Bree were the only two to strike out. Oh, Bree struck out. That's true. And these are the updated hits leaderboards <laughs> of the UCSS summer softball circuit. Uh, myself and Jay Come had three hits yesterday. Is. Bull, Anthony, Polk each had two. We don't know how many Jason had. We know he had one, but we're subtracting the others for striking out and dropping a pop-up. And Tyvis, we all know what happened when he played in the OSU softball game earlier this summer. So Tyvis at the bottom all by hands lonesome. Hey, yeah. I'm ready to go. We, tomorrow, yeah. you you going to get a big influx of, of power. Athleticism. We'll see you on overtime. Yeah. 2024. G Bush returns. I think.